the gender numeracy gap. Why is it that women are twice as likely to be anxious using numbers and maths than men? And is it simply a myth that some of us are better with numbers than others? In today's episode, we speak to Beth and Bryony from charity National Numeracy about why it is that women and girls are disproportionately affected by a lack of numeracy. We dive into why number confidence impacts everyday money management, how to tackle the gender numeracy gap, and how numeracy skills can open a world of career opportunities for young women and girls. Thank you so much to Capital One for powering this episode. Through their partnership with National Numeracy, Capital One is working to inspire young women and girls to engage with numeracy skills to spark better opportunities and brighter futures. Find out more about National Numeracy and check out their online resources to brush up on your numeracy skills by following the link in our show notes. Okay, so Beth, Bryony, thank you so much for joining us. Could you let us know, why is having good numeracy skills actually important, especially when we've got phones and computers to calculate for us? Fundamentally, we just use maths in every aspect of our lives at work and at home. And so many of our decisions that we make are just based on numerical information. In terms of like use of calculators, um, Calculators are great. They take the pressure off us when we don't feel like completely confident with using numeracy, like maybe mental maths. Um, but you need a certain level of numeracy skills to be able to input that real life situation into something that a calculator can understand um, as well. And the skill of estimation we use when using calculators. You know, if you've put a, something into a calculator and it gives you a way bigger answer than you're expecting, you'd realize that and then you'd you'd re-input it so um yeah massively we, we need numeracy skills to be able to use a calculator or any kind of budgeting tools as well and you mentioned budgeting tools there but what are some of those other kind of real life practical situations where good numeracy skills are really important i think especially one that doesn't work very well with a calculator is when we're planning journeys and we're trying to get pieces on time calculators are pretty useless in situation so being able to work out what time do I need to get up what time do I need to leave the house and um, what tube what train what bus do I need to get how many changes do I need to get if we don't have that basic numeracy skills that's going to make it much more difficult and we're much more likely to be late for things and just not be able to turn up on time. I think that's a really great one to tell my two teenage nieces who are asking me why they have to study maths at school and what the practice how they will ever use it in their lives. <laughs> I think another example actually that you kind of reminded me of there is that I was watching the most recent episode of The Apprentice and if anyone's watched it then they will know exactly what I'm about to refer to but there was a prime example of why being able to calculate things is so important because one of the teams managed to completely mess up an order of food because they couldn't figure out how much they needed of a quantity to be able to make a certain number of bao buns. Um, <laughs> so if anyone wants a good example of why it's so important, especially in business or even in your day-to-day -day work, then that is a great example of it. I love that. And actually, now you're saying that, I can think of so many more that we just kind of use 
maths and need kind of mental maths for all all the time. But one thing I'd really love to ask you guys is why do we see such a disparity when it comes to confidence with numbers between boys and girls? So I think this is a really big issue and a lot of our research has found that this is true in children and also true in adults. Mm. Finding that women are twice as likely to say that they feel anxious about using maths. I think there's lots of places that this can come from. I think it really, it starts in school. It starts with our parents and how they interact with us. There's a lot of research to show that parents are more likely to encourage boys into activities that involve maths or to talk to them about careers that involve maths than they are with, with their daughters. And if we think about things on a culture level, we always share an example of the phone sock that you could buy about 10 years ago. It was bright pink, had the message, I'm too pretty to do maths. Oh my goodness. That's absolutely awful. And what's interesting is that although obviously you're not buying a phone sock today, you can still buy t-shirts and notebooks with that message on. Oh my goodness. Some girls are getting. Yeah. Wow. Is there any research or kind of examples that you've seen of why it is actually that parents do tend to talk more and encourage boys more when it comes to maths? Is it just something that people kind of have slipped into? Is it because that's how things have always been? Um, And is there anything that we can encourage parents to do to change that? Yeah, I think it's definitely a a generational thing. You know, it stems way back... um, I think, Beth, you've heard a quote, if you want to to say that from... Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the Victorian times, it was a view that a woman's, a woman's womb could be injured by studying maths. So <laughs> oh, my point from over, goodness. Just over 100 years ago, that's where we're trying to move away. Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. It, we're going to have to find the source of that quote and somehow put that <laughs> in the show notes. That's amazing. Wow. It, yeah, it's just, it's so archaic. And people have said to me in the training sessions that we've done that they just didn't feel like there were the same expectations of them as a woman at school as there were on, on boys when studying maths. And again, I think it goes back to that archaic view of the women stayed at home, they were the housewives, they cooked, they cleaned. And although we know a lot of numbers come into cooking and cleaning, back then it wasn't recognised. And, you know, the men went out, they worked, they earned the money. Um, So there's just so many stereotypes like that. Um, You know, when you think of an accountant, what do you picture? Generally a male figure. Um, So, yeah, I think it's such an archaic view that definitely needs to change. But um, from my experience, I grew up in a town where there was a a girls' grammar school and a boys' grammar school. Um, And I went to the girls' grammar school and you were sort of encouraged more to go into arts, um, like expressive art, and we had a really amazing art department. And then I went over to the boys' school when I studied my A-levels and it was much more focused on STEM subjects. Um, You know, they had this magnificent science department and I was amazed at how many boys were going going on to study maths at A-level because it just wasn't on my radar at all to go on and and study further maths. I think at the girls' school, it was maybe if it was relevant to your career or if you'd really excelled, you were top set, you'd go on to to study further maths. So I think, yeah, there's so many sort of society views and generational views that 
are really difficult barriers that we, we need to break. That's so true, actually. When I think about my own experience, I had a very similar experience. I went to a girls' grammar school and there was a boys' grammar school. But the girls that I knew that were studying maths at A-level, mostly it was because it was a necessity for what they wanted to do. So people that wanted to go into medical sciences, that type of thing. And so it was like, you don't have a choice. But there weren't really people that very often chose to do maths and I think I am a good example of that I remember thinking oh I actually think I could do maths at a level because I was relatively good at it I did well in my GCSEs and I thought I think I could do this but then no one else was doing it around me other than people that wanted to do those types of medical subjects and I didn't um I really did not like science um but then I also didn't feel like the the benefits were really that clear and how many opportunities and doors open when you do have those numeracy skills and you have that number confidence but I think another thing that ties into it is like you said about parents and generational attitudes and one thing that I've noticed when I've looked back at my own education and my attitude towards maths is that I think I inherited a bit of that from my parents particularly from my mum who again, shied away from those topics, those subjects, and more towards humanities. I'm guessing that's something that is actually quite hard for people to overcome when they have got people at home that are helping them with subjects where they're more confident. So are there things that parents can do or can also avoid maybe doing to help encourage their children to to think about numeracy and doing maths for longer? Absolutely. I think what it comes down to is knowing that we don't need to be an expert in maths to be able to help our children enjoy it and help them love it. I think crucially, we need to show them where we use maths in the real world. I think so often children think maths is this school subject. I do it for an hour a day at school and that's all it is. And when I finish school and I've done my GCSEs, that's it. It's done. And so we need to be showing children where we see maths in the real world, like when we're cooking, when we're shopping, when we're getting on the bus and really showing them this is actually what maths looks like in the real world. Um, And this is something we're doing more and more with our corporate volunteering programme with Capital One. So the volunteers are going into primary schools and talking to the children about how they use maths in the real world, how they use it in their jobs, which don't necessarily look like a very math-centric job, and then how they use it in their hobby as well. And I know that one teacher whose um, children attended one of these assemblies was saying that the children said afterwards, oh, we thought maths was just at school, but they started making lists of where they're using maths out and about and at home, which is just, that's what we want children to be understanding. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I wanted to ask off the back of that is... For those children who don't feel confident with numbers, I think that you see, I see it with my teenage nieces, I can remember from when I was back at school, you get a lot of kids who will just say, I'm just not good at maths. You'll also get a lot of adults that will say, I'm just not good with numbers. There's kind of this perception that you are either a numbers person, you're either good with numbers or you're not. Is that a myth? Or is it, you know, a skill that anybody can ultimately build? Yeah, absolutely. And it is something that we hear a lot in our training sessions, this I'm not a numbers person, I'm not a maths person. Um, And yeah, we we definitely need to challenge that belief. Um, 
we believe that it's true that not everyone will um, go on to be a maths expert, but everyone can certainly improve from from where they are now. Um, and yeah, people reach varying levels of ability when they when they reach adulthood, but it's not because they were born without with or without the ability to do maths, you know, and it's all about adopting this growth mindset. Yes. So, um, yeah, like people saying that they can't do it, that's a fixed mindset. And whereas if you're having that that growth mindset of just I can't do it yet then um, it's obviously going to prove beneficial. But we find that, yeah, when it comes to maths, people often operate in this fixed mindset. But as adults, you, you need to compare it to any other skill, like driving a car. You know, we operate in a growth mindset there. You know, we, we don't expect to just be able to get behind a car, uh, get behind a steering wheel and be able to drive straight away. We have to do a series of lessons. And so we need to think of, maths in the same way that we think about that you know building that skill building that confidence until we feel competent and confident with with using our math skills so yeah that's so true actually when you say about that kind of growth versus fixed mindset because I always think about it when it comes to money as well I think so many people think oh I cannot manage my money I just can't do it And I always go back to that same point that actually, ultimately, it is something that you have to learn, something you have to work at. You don't wake up one day and you're just good with money or that you're just really great at maths. Um, And I think that we often think as adults that we have got a complete skill set that we don't really have any room to, to work on. And actually, I think from what you're saying, it sounds like for anybody that is listening and is thinking, oh gosh, like I'm that person, like I really struggle with maths. It doesn't matter that you can actually build these skills at any point. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also worth saying that, you know, when we talk about maths as adults, we are talking about that everyday numeracy. So what do we actually need in work and life? Like being able to manage our money. And you no one's asking you as an adult to go and learn about algebra again or learn about trigonometry or some of those much more scarier topics. But actually understanding time understanding measurements understanding money percentages they're all much more relevant and it's things we can get better at and we can learn again as adults and I really like I really think that's such a great message and one that's really encouraging and people just need to hear and for people who are listening and think yeah okay I accept you know I can get better with numbers I can get better at maths and they don't know where to start or they think it feels like a bit of a, a chore or a job. Are there any sort of fun ways that we can start implementing things into our lives to improve those numeracy, those math skills that aren't so you know burdensome and challenging and that are actually kind of fun and enjoyable? Yeah, absolutely. So at National Numeracy, we have our free online learning resource um, called the National Numeracy Challenge. Um, And it's a way of just improving your skills and your confidence with maths in bite-sized chunks. Um, So there's loads of resources, loads of attitudinal content, quizzes, videos to watch um, that will help build someone's confidence. And it is aimed at those people who do really have that that low confidence, that low skill set. Um, but yeah, it's free for anyone to use on, on our website. Um, and it's just a nice way of, of building those that confidence and those skills. Um, but yeah, and we've seen the research, it, it really does work and, and people have gone on to, to achieve the essentials of numeracy. That's great. And we will definitely make sure that there are links to that in the show notes for anybody that wants to have a look at that. 
I think another thing that we have been thinking about around this topic is we discussed the gender difference that we often see in terms of number confidence and the fact that there is often this number confidence gap um, that we see. But what other reasons are there that you see come up in your work that people struggle with number confidence outside of gender? I think the biggest thing is maths anxiety. So if you feel panicked, if you feel worried, any point when you have to do maths, that is maths anxiety. And for some that's a real physical response. You know, they might have that rapid heartbeat, that sweaty palms. They might just want to just simply avoid that situation entirely. And we find that most often and people who are struggling with maths anxiety talk about their experiences at school. A lot of people can remember who their maths teacher was and not always for the best reason. And more often than not, people are talking to us about how I'm not a numbers person. I really don't feel great about maths. And they always go back to anecdotes and experiences that happened at school that really stuck with them into adulthood. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're saying that, I've never heard the term maths anxiety and I haven't kind of thought about that, but it, it just seems so intuitively true. I think you're right. So many of us can relate to those things. I wonder why it is and do you have any idea why there does seem to be this stigma of all the subjects that kids learn? Why do why do we seem to have a an anxiety around maths and, and why are we so able to remember our maths teachers versus other teachers what is it about about the subject of maths and what do you think needs to change in terms of how maths education is done I think definitely in terms of like those school experiences it's maybe the fact that you're put in sets I know I was bottom set and that's where my maths anxiety stemmed from um but it's also, you know, this pressure that we have, the social pressure around us, the fact that we feel like maths has to be done quickly to be done well, or the fact that, you know, you can't fail, you, you don't want to get a wrong answer because you're looking for that that right answer a lot of the time. Um, so I think all of these factors feed into that um, and that's where it can stem from, you know, or um, in some instances at school, people have had negative um, experiences where they've been punished for getting answers wrong or these, like I say, quick fire questions where you feel embarrassed in front of the class. And definitely, like I say, that's where my mind goes back to sort of being picked on in class and I just go bright red and clam up because I don't know the answer and I've got all these faces staring at me. So I think it's it's that kind of um, idea you're looking for that right answer and you feel like it has to be done done quickly, which puts this pressure. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I think you're right. I think that is one thing that really does separate it from other um, from other subjects is that real objectivity. There is no, you know, the answer is either right or it's not. It's not like if you're doing a, a creative subject where, you know, there could be multiple right answers or even science, you know, it, it's, it's so black and white, I guess, is maths. And maybe that is a big reason why it's that, it feels so much more intense, the pressure to get things right. But yeah, how can we how can we start to change? Do you have any ideas about how we can change the way we educate our, our kids when it comes to maths at, at school? Definitely. I think we need to bring in that context, that real life aspect, mm -hmm. how relating, you know, what how are we going to use this when we're grown up? But then also going back to that idea of that black and white, making it much more open-ended and giving children a lot more control over their learning. 
So at National Numeracy, we have the Family Maths Toolkit, and these are really fun activities designed for families of primary age children to complete together. They're all about using maths in the real world, like in baking, like in shopping, like with playing with your toys. And they're all open-ended. So you're not looking for one final answer. It's about investigating something and having it. And there's no, no pressure on the children or on the parents or carers to do things in a certain way, to know a certain method. And it just makes it a lot more fun. So I think a lot more focus on the everyday maths and showing children that context. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And even when you're talking about that, I'm like, oh, that sounds yeah. less stressful than the right or wrong perspective of maths. And we talked quite a lot about, you know, the benefits for children and for getting young people into maths. But I'd love to know a little bit more about when you're older and like the career options really that can open up. Because I know for me, if I had known more about some of the doors that would open if I pursued maths or even if I was more confident with maths at a younger age, I would have thought about doing it to a higher level or just paying a bit more attention to it. Um, but what what are, the, what are some of the benefits in terms of career options that being number confident can bring? Yeah, absolutely. I think it opens up lots of career options. You know, there are some careers you can't get into without that maths qualification or maybe whether it's going for a promotion if you feel like there's going to be more responsibility or more things to do with numbers then it's you know having the confidence to go for that as well so yeah absolutely you know it, it does come into all aspects in in our career and it does open up more opportunities and brighter futures as well um yeah I think there's a perception that if you're studying maths, you're either going into, you're going to be an accountant or you're going to be in finance of some description. Is that is that a myth? Because my feeling is, for, as particularly from speaking to you both, that there are just so many other areas that maths is needed for and so many other career options beyond banking and accounting. Absolutely. I think we're yet to come across a job that doesn't have some sort of maths involved in it. And I think that's what we all need to understand and appreciate that whatever job career we're going into we are going to be using maths in it so it's got that purpose for whatever you are doing one other question i'd love to ask is um i'd love to ask about whether you think more work needs to be done so clearly there's a big piece of work to do around getting children um, and young adults to understand the importance of numeracy skills. But do you think there's more work to do around um, getting parents to understand the importance of giving their their kids that confidence and that education? Do you think more of that message needs to go to parents as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of research out there to sh that shows that parental engagement at home has a far bigger impact than we're giving it worth mm. um i think a lot of parents do just think um it's the school's responsibility to to deal with my child's maths learning um and they they don't give themselves credit but actually if you think about it how many children you know children spend a lot of time with their parents and you know teachers yeah they're an important part of their life but once school's done school's done um your parents are always going to be with you so it's, it's having that engagement from from the offset 
um, which will, will have a huge impact. So if you've got parents who are talking negatively about maths, their children, they're avoiding situations, children are like sponges and they're just going to pick up on those attitudes and it just will carry on that ripple effect of you know children not engaging with maths because their parents haven't um so yeah it's hugely impact uh, hugely important sorry I think that's a really good point you make about parents feeling like it's purely the responsibility of the school and they can't take on that role and I wonder whether I don't know have you guys seen any shift since COVID because a lot of parents then found themselves in the position where they were homeschooling and help you know helping their kids with their schoolwork and getting so much more involved than they would ever be have you seen any shifts since since that's happened I think it's definitely increased anxiety for a lot of parents and carers really yeah need to be a lot more involved and we hear often from parents and carers that that time and just helping with maths homework because they might be feeling anxious can cause a lot of arguments and upset in the house with um often the children know one method of maths that they've been taught at school and they can be very reluctant to try and learn a method that their parent has taught and there can be arguments and I think we always try and help parents to have strategies of what they can do without having to do the math so if you don't understand the long division how can you still help your child and the research shows that you really still can and it's really beneficial. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like so much of it is about trying to break those cycles. If we're looking to how do we look towards a brighter future for numeracy, number confidence, particularly when it comes to closing that gap between young girls and boys, so much is about, yeah, how do we make those small shifts to break that generational cycle that we've talked about? But I guess... The last question that I have is, do you feel confident about the future for number confidence and for inspiring young women? Are you seeing that there is a shift happening? And if so, you know, how do we help to speed that up? How do we help to increase that that confidence amongst those girls? Yeah, I think absolutely. A lot of the work that we're doing at National Numeracy, we're growing as a as a charity, um, especially with the Multiply Initiative, which the um, which the government has introduced. It's a three year initiative to um, improve adults in the UK their confidence and their skills with numeracy. So definitely, a lot of work is being done. Obviously, the recent um, announcement from the Prime Minister about. Um, you know, having to do maths until you're 18, it has caused a divide in opinion, as we've seen in the media. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's all for good reason. Um, you know, we're, we're trying, obviously, our best to get the get the word out there. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that we're, we're going in the right direction. Amazing. And for anyone, as you say, you guys are doing so much great work. And I think anyone listening to this will have been able to relate to so many of the the things that we've said. And for anyone who is feeling inspired and wants to improve either their numeracy skills, that of their children or or both, um, where can they find you and how can they get access to the, the help and support you provide? So we'd recommend going on the National Numeracy website that will link you to the National Numeracy Challenge. And in as little as 10 minutes, you can take those first steps to improving your number confidence. And on our website as well, you will find so many inspiring stories from other people who have taken those steps and are now 
seeing the benefits through being able to manage their money better, support their children or just getting into their dream job. So I think start there. You can be inspired and take those first steps. I have to say I have also taken the National Numeracy Challenge and I think it was really, really eye opening because, as I said, maths is something that I've always had a bit of a love hate relationship with. But actually going through some of those practical questions was really helpful just to kind of zone in on, okay, this is the stuff that maybe I do need to put into practice a little bit more. And these are some of the benefits of of putting in, the, like you say, 10 minutes to sharpening up my math skills a little bit. So I definitely encourage anybody to to check it out and to share it with people that you you know as well with your family and friends. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been brilliant talking to you. And yeah, I am definitely feeling inspired and excited to share this with my family and friends. (laughs) 